Question. If your partner uses manipulation and guilt tripping to gain sexual favors that you personally are not comfortable with, is that wrong? Or is consent even necessary in a sexual relationship if you're married? Let's find out. Hello and welcome to Sex Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Abhishek, a pharmacist specialist in sexual health. Through this podcast, I want to fill in the gaps, explore the facts, and dispel cultural myths and beliefs surrounding sex education. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of consent before having sex. I'm going to talk you through how the law defines it, what influences decision around consent, who does and does not have the capacity to consent, and how French fries relates to consent. I know, but just stick with me. But before we start, let me tell you a story about a case that shook India, a country of over a billion people. In December 2012, a medical student was gang raped and brutally assaulted by six men in a private bus and thrown out of the moving vehicle along with her male friend. Once this case became public, widespread protests erupted in the capital Delhi, demanding strictest of actions against the accused. Delhi police eventually identified the accused and made arrests. Meanwhile, due to horrific injuries, the victim deteriorated in the hospital, suffered a cardiac arrest, and to the dismay of her family, later passed away. Delhi police then added a murder charge against the six accused. The court found the accused guilty and put them on death row and after eight years, in May 2020, all convicts were hung to death. Such cases of sexual violence have been a key topic of discussion since the brutal rape case. However, According to the article from theconversation.com, 90% of rape cases still go underreported in India. Similar statistics can be seen in many other developing countries due to fear of stigma and retribution, lack of trust in the legal system, and cultural attitudes that blames the victims. When I heard the story, it made me sick to my stomach. It was gut-wrenching to see the pain and suffering of her helpless parents televised live on TV. I wondered how can someone do that to another human being? What kind of sick mentality gets humans to turn into animals? Then two years later, in 2014, I actually got some insight into that mentality. British filmmaker Leslie Udvin put out a documentary in which she interviewed one of the convicts. In this horrifyingly revealing interview, 
He said, and I quote, If she'd kept quiet and not protested whilst being raped, she would have been alive today. All these women who go outside their homes at night are responsible for catching attention of bad men. They're far more responsible for their own rape than the men who rapes them. End quote. After I heard that interview, I was left feeling numb. I realized that this guy had zero guilt about what he had done. He was convinced that she was the one in the wrong because she stepped out of her house late at night and somehow that gave him the right to do anything he wanted with her. He had no idea what consent was. So let's see how the law defines consent. According to Sexual Offences Act of 2003, someone consents to vaginal, oral or anal penetration only if he or she agrees by choice to that penetration and has the freedom and capacity to make that choice. Simply put, what the law suggests is that before being sexual with someone, you need to know if they want to be sexual with you too. Something that was not the case in that story. I cannot help but think that in the short term, we need to protect the vulnerable through better support system, more vigilance, and stricter laws against the convict. But in the longer term, there is a desperate need to educate young adults on the importance of healthy relationship and respecting boundaries. So how do two individuals go about consent in their regular lives? Well, that's when the French fries come in. Consent is as easy as fries. The concept was originated by Planned Parenthood, where they use the acronym FRIES to better explain the components of consent. Let's go through them. F stands for freely given. Consenting is a choice you make without pressure, guilt tripping, manipulation, or under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Now, before we move further with the acronym, let me quickly talk about alcohol for a second. Alcohol decreases some of the activity of the prefrontal cortex. This part of the brain is what helps you to think clearly and rationally. And it is involved in your decision-making abilities. When you drink, alcohol makes it harder for the prefrontal cortex to work as it should, disrupting decision-making and rational thought. In this way, alcohol prompts you to act without thinking about your actions. Hence, consent gained by someone who is under the influence of alcohol is not ethical or considered valid. Now, coming back to the fries, R stands for reversible. Anyone can change their mind about what they feel like doing anytime. Even if you've done it before, and even if you're both naked in bed. I stands for informed. You can only consent to something if you have the full story. For example, if someone says they'll use a condom 
and they don't, there isn't full consent in that scenario. E stands for enthusiastic. When it comes to sex, you should only do the stuff you want to do and not things that you feel you're expected to do. And lastly, S for specific. Saying yes to one thing, like going to the bedroom to make out, doesn't mean you've said yes to others, like having sex. So what we can learn from Fry's is that you get the final say over what happens with your body. It doesn't matter if you've hooked up before or even if you've said yes earlier and then later changed your mind. You're allowed to say stop at any time and your partner needs to respect that. Remember that without consent, any sexual activity is sexual assault or rape, as was described in the Indian case earlier. And that is true in marriage as well. Marriage does not allow your partner a free pass to use or abuse you at their own will. Now, there are some scenarios where someone might be saying yes, but it is not in their best interest. And that's where the concept of capacity comes. When we initially looked into what the law said, it mentioned capacity of an individual to give consent. Now, what do we mean by capacity or lack of it? Having capacity basically means that the individual has the ability to fully use and understand the information to make a decision and communicate any decision made. Now, let's look into scenarios where someone may not have the capacity to consent. Some of these examples include if someone is under the influence of alcohol or drugs, if someone suffers from a medical condition which limits their ability to consent or communicate consent, if someone has a mental health problem or learning disabilities, if someone is simply underage, and if someone is asleep or unconscious. So guys, let's just summarize today's episode and see what the key takeaways are. Consenting is a choice and you can change your mind anytime you want. Without consent, any sexual activity is assault or rape. And before being sexual with someone, you need to know if they want to be sexual with you too. It's not just a good idea, it's the law. And most importantly, it's the right thing to do. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And if you found this information useful, then please make sure you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google, wherever you're listening right now. It would help to show this movement to grow and reach wider audiences. Together, let's make sex education a human right. See you next week.